Hey, it's Kathy. I'm just hopping in real quick to tell you that the doors are closing to the Abundance Method program today. That's right. May 16th, four o'clock Pacific time, we close the doors to this program. And I'm so excited to watch you change your life. I'm so excited to see what happens when you tap into the energy that is within you and you start to attract so much into your life and there's incredible synchronicity and you start to perceive what was always here in plain sight and that which was hidden becomes revealed. If you want to join us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. And remember, those of you who sign up for the Platinum, you get the retreat included. It's going to be an incredible retreat. It's a three-day experience. You can choose between July or October and the July is definitely filling up. So come on in and join us. Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life. Hey guys, it's Kathy. So this is another one of those bonus real talk episodes of Don't Keep Your Day Job. My husband and I just decided to do a few episodes for you guys to share sort of about our life, our marriage, what's going on behind the scenes. We're going to do a few of these and if it winds up feeling good, we'll keep doing it. If not, we'll stop. But um, it's been fun having these sessions. We've been actually recording them on Sundays live in front of a group on Zoom. And today we're joined by a very special couple, Danielle and Adam Silverstein. They have their own podcast, which is called Marriage and Martinis. Uh, you might actually remember Danielle because she was on this podcast last year. She was actually one of our listeners and we had her on to share her success because as a result of listening to this show, she created her own podcast. And you'll hear today a little bit of a recap, but essentially she built a huge community and a beautiful, profitable, awesome business out of her podcast. Um, because you'll see her content is so real and so authentic. And I think that they are inspiring for lots of reasons, but I thought they would be such a good couple to bring on because their podcast is so real. They share the messy, the overwhelming, the ugly parts. It's just super honest, which is why I think it's doing so well. And it's such a relief sometimes to hear that other couples go through the same fights, whether they're big or small, because in reality, no one has the perfect relationship. Nobody is getting along 24 seven. No one has it all together in their life or in their business. We're all just trying to figure things out as best we can. So I think you'll enjoy hearing how we all discuss today some of the most real things that are going on in our lives. And, uh, and so check it out. Please welcome the awesome Danielle and Adam Silverstein. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on a Sunday for our second bonus episode. Lowell, how are you? Are you still alive? I'm well. I'm quarantining, doing well. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I'm happy today. I'm happy because we have two guests with us, Adam and Danielle Silverstein. Would you guys like to say hi? Hi. Hey guys, how are you? This is so cool and it comes full circle. Let me tell you why. And you guys can go listen to the full episode. We'll drop the link in the show notes to when Danielle was on the podcast herself telling the epic story of how she actually was a listener of this podcast, got inspired to start her own podcast and started it and it blew up. And her show is called Marriage and Martinis. And really it's half her show and half her husband's show. They do it together. And um, we did an entire episode on how they literally in the midst of like, their marriage felt like it was like spinning off the rails. Everything was 
sort of uncertain. They started a podcast. Not only did it really help their marriage, but it helped many, 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 many other people's marriages. And it built them a side hustle, which turned into something very real very quickly. And um, we did an entire episode on that. But I just wanted to say, hey, and before we dive into today's episode, maybe you can tell us, um, and Adam, you, can, you could share from your perspective, a little bit of what it was like before, both with your marriage and also in terms of how it affected not just your marriage, but your financial life, like what this actually turned into because it's a full-on successful entity now. Yeah, you want me to go? go you sure? Sure. You want my side of the story? I'll let you know after. <laughs> uh, I, this was in July of 2018, so a year and a half ago, or almost two years ago, where things were kind of, like you just said, spiraling out of control. Our marriage was kind of on the brink, and I was in a bad place, and things were just not good, right? So I was escaping a lot, and Danielle was looking for a way for us to fix this or end this. And she didn't know what to do except for what we like to do together, which was in our, if you could see behind us, our little bar room here, which we converted from a living room and just have some drinks together and just unwind and talk. And we were just going crazy one night, having fun talking. And Danielle said, let's do a podcast. And I, you know, her intentions were, let me keep you here with me safe and bring it to me as, hey, let's have fun together, drink together, and just try this podcast thing, right? Because we both have this interest in technology and podcasting and you know everything that goes along with it and the business end of it. So we released it and right away, it was just this crazy extreme success where people were relating to what we have been through, what we're going through. And talking about it, you know, we've spoken more together in the last year and a half than we have in the last 20 years. That and almost makes me want to cry. It's, That's it's so just, incredibly powerful. We've spent more time together and spoken to each other, you know, that we've never done before about topics that we've probably wanted to talk about, but we're never able to do so otherwise. So for some reason, we're able to talk into a mic in front of hundreds of thousands of people easier than we can just to each other. Yep, so that. Uh, whatever Danielle's plan was in the beginning has worked because we both love doing this. Our marriage, I think, is probably better than it's ever been. Whatever I was going through, whether it's still there or not, um, there's no escaping. It's, it's communication. We're talking. We're, you know, whatever our issues are, we can talk to each other easier now. So the podcast saved our marriage. And there was, um, there was a, a New York Post article about us like four months after that we started the podcast called, what was it? Pod Save Our Marriage? Uh, uh, yeah. Pod, Pod like Save that. Our Marriage. How yeah. Our Podcast Saved Our Marriage. And it, and it did. Um, and it became such a successful thing that it became a business because so many people were relating and listening and wanting to be part of it and coming to the website, reading Danielle on Instagram, because I have nothing to do with that, nor will I ever, because she won't let me. She thinks I'll lose our listeners if I'm out there talking to people. Oh, no, I know you will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's, in a nutshell, that's the story. I have to say two things, and then I'm going to uh, give you the mic, Danielle. Two things. So number one, I remember talking to Danielle when we did that full episode with you, and what was so incredible is that, and so striking, is that you said when you guys were really struggling, when you were really in the throes of what was going on with your marriage, you were looking for help and you would look online and try to tune into marriage shows or podcasts or read books. And it actually 
felt worse. You felt like all these people have all the answers. So I'm really doomed. Like we don't have this together. We're not, our sex life isn't this way. Our communication isn't this way. Oh my God, you just felt worse and worse. And then when you had this, like, what if I just, we just start this thing with the kids, like, you know, slamming doors and whatever, we're just in it. And I think the reason people responded, like you said, Adam, there was an initial just boom, wow, right away, immediate, is because you threw people a lifeline. And that's what I'm hoping we're going to do today again. I mean, that's really what I'm hoping that this is, is really to show, especially in quarantine, it's like, you're not alone, all of you, everyone listening, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. Let's really pull back the curtain. And you're one of the, every time I think of authenticity, you are, you two are truly one of the only examples I have because Danielle was like, I'm just going to share what's true. Like we're fighting. We're not having sex every day. I don't know the last time we had sex. I don't even want, like, this is hard. That's hard. Da, 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 da. And I'm also at the same time, like, so in love with this person. Like it's all the nuances and all the things at the same time. It's, it took so much courage and you guys, I want you to understand something with this realness. The second thing I want to highlight, which is what Adam just said is it really turned into a very real business in it's been two years and they now have over 245,000 Instagram followers. Does anyone understand how epic that is? And again, the way Danielle does everything she does is like, this is just me being scrappy. So there's no like curated feed with the perfect photos with like the Photoshop food and the kids and the gingham checked all the same out, like none of it. It's just like, she'll repost things she thinks are funny from other accounts. There's no like color palette. It's just realness. And I feel like, isn't that exciting? Yes. Like, doesn't that feel good to know that A, you can just tell the truth and it could literally be so healing for you and for other people. And two, doesn't it feel amazing in the middle of what we're going through to understand the possibility of creating something online that doesn't have to be like, well, in order for me to create an online world or a course or a pot, it has to be perfect. And I need eight months to build a list and to get a, and to get a logo. Like, not really. That's never been my experience and it wasn't yours. So I just think you guys are the coolest things ever. And Danielle, I want to now go to you. Uh, I you know you're just so sweet. So I want to know, since we did a whole episode already, where is it since then? And how do you feel that it's changed your marriage? And how do you feel it's changed your life? And tell us the update since we last spoke. Because the last time we spoke, I think you had 300,000 downloads of the podcast and you had been doing it at that point. I was going to think like eight or nine months. Tell us more. Yeah, we're at what, like a million and a half downloads or something? Yeah, no like big that. deal. Two years. Yeah, and, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Just, about. yeah just about. It's been, um, it has offered us so many different opportunities. First of all, I, I want to say that what, the reason why we started it when we did for anybody out there who is working on whatever the project may be is that during one of your episodes, Kathy, you said, don't wait until it's perfect to put it out, whatever it is. And, and at that moment, I was sort of like, okay, that is my, you know, that permission, that, slip. My permission yeah, to do it. And we, we really did when, when we released it, I mean, 
we were such amateurs. I mean, it was really like, I won't even listen to those early episodes. I refuse. Adam has listened to them. And I'm like, I will not. But not only that, you know, with my Instagram account, one thing, if anybody does social media, you know, a marketer, when I was starting my Instagram account, reached out, was like, hey, I want to help you. Your your Instagram account looks like it's run by a toddler. <laughs> and it does. That is the truth. I mean, it is a mess. But I was just sort of like, this is the only way I know how to do it. I, I have no artistic ability whatsoever. I am not... Um, you know, an, an influencer in the term that you think influencer, although I am an influencer because I do, oh, I am, you know, we are always running ads and selling on our account, but in a very different way than I would say 99% of the other Instagram accounts out there. And like you said, we have been so blessed that we have grown so quickly, but I also think we have grown so quickly because we just have done what is comfortable for us. We have not by any means followed any rules whatsoever. Um, And I will tell you that we have not followed any rules because I do not allow my parents to listen to our podcast because we are so authentic to who we are and we are so real that I literally have to say to people, no, you are not allowed to listen. (laughs) Um, But we really have, we have just done what has been comfortable for us and the whole time together we've sort of been like listen it's all or nothing that was what we went into this with i wouldn't say comfortable what? i mean it's completely uncomfortable right for, right for what but we're doing. but but it's it's enough in our comfort zone that like you don't want to do it any other way right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's the coolest thing for you to say somebody criticized you and said it looks like you're doing this like a like a toddler did it you're like this is the only way I know how to do this whatever I'm doing right now is the best I'm doing because it's the best I can do and it didn't stop you and yeah I would say 245 uh Instagram followers and over a million downloads I would say it's working right (laughs) and and that's what I really want people to hear especially in the middle of quarantine like because people are going to need to pivot and it is such an incredible opportunity. Like Lowell was saying, because I was just listening back to our episode you and I just did from last week. And you, one of the things you said was it's kind of cool because Kathy found this thing and, and it's amazing the possibilities today. Like you don't need a show on NBC to have an impact. There's a tremendous amount of possibility here. And I think that that's such an incredible uh, ripple effect of what you two are doing is not only are you saving people's marriages, making people feel less alone and having interesting and funny conversations, you're also now showing people in the midst of what you didn't know was coming two years after you'd start this show that people could go, whoa, they're able to make a decent amount of revenue from doing something they love really scrappy. I mean, I just want to stand up and like clap my hands. I love you. That's awesome. Thank Thank you. So now I want to get into some questions. Um, Lowell, since I've been talking so much, I'll let you ask them a question and you could share anything that you feel like sharing and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. So my, my basic question for you guys is when, when you guys started working together, Kind of everyone always wants to know what are the pitfalls. So what were the issues you guys were running into? What were, you know, any kind of things you guys discovered? And then B, has the quarantine changed that and has it made it worse or better? I actually got a little nervous uh, maybe six months ago because the podcast did improve our marriage and our communication did improve 
you know, as we went on, like in the beginning, we were throwing our headphones off and fighting and cursing at each other and stopping mid episode, go to bed and be like, well, I'll scrap that one and try it again, you know, when we cool off. And it was heated. That hasn't happened in a long time. So we're not fighting on air like we kind of used to. And I'm like, are we going to lose listeners? (laughs) (laughs) He's so scared. He's like, do we need to fight? Yeah, like, 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 what do we, like, we should fight about something on on a podcast. And we do, I mean, we do fight. Yeah, but more than like a, you know, subtle way. It's it's followed, um, like, not to COVID it, but it's followed sort of like we reached an apex in our relationship. (laughs) You know, we we, we reached like a a point where we were just fighting all the time. And so when we were doing the podcast, it would just roll over into fighting on the podcast. Because like I said, we just are that we're just authentic in the fact that like, if we're fighting, we're going to fight on the podcast. If we're getting along, we're going to get along on the podcast. So we flattened the curve. <laughs> Wait, does that, mean, does that mean that there's a down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the other side? Yeah. But no, we're, we were going through a really hard time. Like after we started the podcast, I thought, we had sort of, we knew everything that had gone on in our marriage. And while we were recording the podcast after we had started, new things arose, you know, new secrets came out, new things came out and they came out on the podcast too. So we literally were in real time working things through on our podcast in front of an audience, um, which I think has never really happened before anywhere, except maybe reality television, which you already know is mostly staged um, in some capacity. So I think that people were sort of like, we got a lot of heat also at the same time, a lot of people, you know, a lot of feedback saying you need to end your marriage. You need to divorce, blah, 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 you know. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but, but not for the, you know, 90% of people were like, thank you for doing this. Thank you for making more me feel that. like, okay, yeah, more than that. Our haters are a very small percentage. Correct. <laughs> but they're influential. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, I think that the hardships were that listen, whenever you have, whatever project you're doing, real life is going on too, right? So you're, you're trying to build something, you know, a podcast, um, a company, a brand, a social media, and yet you're still dealing with your real life stuff. So you have this hardship of, of starting something. And on top of that, you have whatever hardships are going on in your life. And ours were just sort of meshed into the two because our brand is our marriage. Wow. That's so epic that you would be that brave and unedited and just talk really truly and that you would reveal things to each other through the course of a real conversation and then the other person's having a real-time reaction to that. Yeah, that doesn't happen anywhere, even on reality TV, because that is definitely staged. No, it's pretty crazy. And I still, to this day, you know, think to myself, how did we talk into the first day we did this, the first time we did this, how did we do it? Like, I still can't believe we did it. You know, I still can't believe we sort of like leapt. Can you let my, can you let the audience know since it's public, it's, they could listen to your show and I hope that they do. What are some of those things that you're talking about? Cause you're not just talking about, oh, I didn't do the dishes. You're not just talking about, oh, I, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean? we had a whole episode about that actually. Yeah, we did. Have- We're about to have another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, dishes is a real problem, especially now. Go ahead. Do you want to give them a couple of headlines? 
um, gambling, you know, addiction. Well, no, I don't like that you say that. Okay, he it was like not that I say. a gambling addiction. Sorry, losing all our money gambling, but not <laughs> okay. addiction. Yeah, first of all, that's not true either. <laughs> don't exaggerate the circumstances, okay? okay? Adam, I love you. Look at it. He's like, all right, bring it. It is what it is. Let's go. It's about to happen. Okay. <laughs> No, um, we, we, we mentioned it in that, but we revealed in an episode that my, financially challenged. My, I, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, how else do we say it? Want to put a pink ribbon on it? My addiction was escaping. Yeah. And I love to gamble. So I went down to Atlantic city to escape. I love going out to dinner. So I went to dinner by myself or a friend to escape every like, night. I, like I was doing things to escape. Yeah. That was the addiction. Yeah. So, so remember so, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It was not an addiction. It was just um, an overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that uh, things like, you know, we never discussed things in the beginning of our marriage. Like I was a stay at home mom, but we literally never had the conversation at the beginning of our marriage that said, I want to be a stay at home mom. How do you feel about this? You know, so stuff that like was brought out of, when he was sort of like, I, I really never wanted to have the financial burden of you being a stay-at-home mom. And I was sort of like, oh, crap. Yeah, I never took that into consideration. You know, we've dealt with stuff of, <laughs> I won't get into it because I really do think that out of context, it sounds really bad and you need to listen to the episodes. You can listen, the guilt episode is the big one. But betrayal, but in a very gray area, not betrayal as infidelity, but betrayal in other ways. Um, you know, those gray areas of marriage that are, well, he didn't cheat on me, but it's parallel in some ways. And I love that you're saying that too and that nuance because there is that sort of emotional betrayal that does happen sometimes when, when you go through periods where you're so distant from each other and so far apart and then there's a person who you work with or there's a person who, who, who knows, right? You talk to on DM or something and you're not touching the person. You're not physical with the person, but emotionally you're like, right? And you know it's wrong, right? Like it's, yeah, exactly. Or you, or you reach out to like an ex, right. To say like, what's up just to have like a conversation. And like, you're like, why am I talking to this person? There's nothing good that's coming out of this right now. And yeah, I don't think people talk about this stuff. This is why people love you because it's oh, honest. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Betrayal, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, people don't talk about it or it doesn't seem uh, like it's really real because it's not what you think about betrayal being. Um, so stuff like that. But it has been a roller coaster. And my, my big thing that I always say is, you know, till death do us part is a really long time to ask somebody not to make any big mistakes. That's and, really beautiful. Uh, and that's really true. And, yeah. and we both did. Uh, especially him. <laughs> but we both did. But we both did. But we both did. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a really long time. And that's why I love the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Cheryl wants to renew their vows. And then she's like, for all eternity. And then he won't say it under the chuppah. He's like, for the rest of our life. She's like, you can't say eternity. He's like, I gave you my life. It's enough. Like, who knows what's out there? If I come back again, do I have to choose you? Like, you can't, I can't, I can't have my forever. Right. But let me tell you something about our marriage and TV. This is like behind the scenes. But so Lowell has been watching TV on his phone since he had a phone, which is when? 10 years ago? Eight years ago? I don't know. Whatever. Whenever this came out, this thing. 
smartphone. So it started where like when we were first dating, we might watch TV together in bed before we fall asleep. We'd watch Curb, basically. We got married, same thing. Maybe we'd watch that. And then it sort of like drifted into like he would watch stuff on his phone. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and see like a light like from his phone, right? And I was like, please stop. Like, I don't want that in the bed. I don't want... So he can't, that's like now a thing. Like this is how he relaxes. I think, I mean, how many of you raise your hand if you, if your phone is in your bed, near your bed, if you watch TV, like like this in bed? Not TV, my phone for sure. Your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people do that and it's become like the thing where he'll be like, all right, so I don't want to wake you up because I can't sleep if I turn over and see the light. It makes me like stressed. So he'll be like, all right, well, I'll sleep in the other bedroom so I can watch. And then I'll come back on the nights where like, I'm not watching or whatever, which has turned into like, we- you have to, you have to be uh, aware that you, this started because Kathy can't have any kind of noise, light or sound of any kind. If I'm asleep. Yeah. And, and by, after you and I wake up before you, so you, you, you hamstring me. Well, yeah. Cause I don't want to see a light. Or like, we just, we, I, I want to go to bed. And this is like a really big part of, like, we fight about this constantly. Um, oh, Kathy, I, I feel you on that. And that's the reason we sleep in separate bedrooms. We've yeah. been sleeping in separate bedrooms since almost the beginning. We mm-hmm. tried to sleep together in the same bed in the beginning when we first got married. It didn't work. I'm a light sleeper. Every little thing wakes me up. And um, she's such an incredibly loud snore that... <laughs> No, I grind my teeth. She's I grind my teeth too. Every little thing wakes me up. Like oh my I god, up, you know? I want to like I want to hug you because um, we carry so much shame. You guys, this is the problem. We all walk around with shame. We do what we do, and then we have shame about what we do, which sucks. Like that's gotta go. Yeah, and it's, um, if you're doing something that's working for you, and then you have to feel shame because you well, think it's that true. Somebody we, else is gonna. We we're embarrassed to talk about that for the first. 15 years of our marriage we would never tell anybody and then on an episode that we did because we were just i don't even know what episode it was but it's it's what works for us we don't exactly because we want to sleep separately so we get a good night's sleep like why is that a bad thing we spend plenty of time together oh my god yeah and and we similarly what initially happened is when once we had kids I brought the kids in the bed, right? I do like the attachment. Like I have just so much of my own stuff from growing up that I was like, I remember leaving the hospital with my first daughter. I was like, you will never be sad. I will protect you. Like I was like, so trying to heal my own crap through like, I will be here for every moment. No pressure, right? So of course (laughs) I did the co-sleeping thing and then I did it with the next. So at one point we had like two kids in the bed, then like a bassinet with the third one plus. Like I'm like insane. So- Oh my God, oh I started moving Lowell out of the bed, like from like, (laughs) well, but the first one, we all fit. So for the first one, for the first year and a half, when my first daughter, we all slept in the bed. Then we had the second one. We put a little bassinet next to the bed, but then she would wake up the other one. So we moved her in the other rooms. Then you and I would take turns going in the other room. So it's literally been since, let's see, our oldest is eight. So for six years, six years and change, us sleeping in the same room, no. And I, I, I remember mentioning it to our therapist, like in one of our sessions, and I was like afraid to even tell her. And she goes, oh, I don't sleep in the same bed as my husband. And I go, what? And she's like, oh, it's been actually documented. Most people have better marriages if you just give each other their, your own room. And I go, hello, well, our, has our, anyone said this? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, our, our house is more like the Marx Brothers, though, because our kids also move rooms in the middle of the night, and every night they go to sleep in different rooms, so it's kind of a, we, yeah. we just need a little soundtrack to go along with it. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's, it was incredible how once you reveal something, like we revealed to, you know, our audience, you know, that and so much else, and then people will say to you like oh my god me too i've never told anyone people are saying that. it right now in the chat oh my oh, god I'm, I'm so glad i'm not the only one you're right. just gonna so, see it this is obviously an issue or a hot topic because the chat thing just went scrolling yeah while yeah. we were talking about this yeah. yeah and i have to say something else on this topic which lol don't worry he's very i won't say too much but i don't like to have sex at night when i am freaking exhausted that is not the time I want to have sex. I don't want to do anything. I want to go to bed. I like to sleep. Mm -hmm. I like to have sex in the daytime. Like, get, come, like, let's hang out at 3.30, 4 o'clock, like when I have obviously energy. You don't have teenagers. What'd you say? You obviously don't have teenagers. We don't. No. Right. We have a three, yeah. six, and eight-year-old. Just but wait. Like, I'm that so won't happen anymore. <laughs> really? Lol, at least you have the daytime. Danielle sleeps during the day and at night, so I have no opportunity <laughs> to get in there. Especially during quarantine. <laughs> Anybody quarantine napping way too much? I wish. I have a three-year-old. It's not happening. But lol, yeah. isn't that true? I always, you always say, five o'clock, drink yeah. a little vino tinto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, for us, wait. it's like either late night or never because otherwise my kids are, I mean, there's just no, no you, if you will try to talk to me after 8 15 PM, forget it. I am spent. I have a three-year-old. I, no right. way. I work all day. I, that is the, so yeah. So then at night I like having my own room. Like, let me go to bed. Yeah. I can finally get a little sleep. Go ahead, Lowell. You want to say something? No, it was a side thing. Didn't you say that the thing couples fight about most is the blanket? Didn't you tell me that? I said that? Not us, because we don't share a blanket. <laughs> so the big discovery we had uh, was also- Oh, because we were listening to their podcast. That's what we heard it oh, on, right? Have, that was yours. Yeah, we I'm were listening to an early episode of your show, yeah, and you said the number one thing people fight about in the bedroom is sharing the blanket. Is, yeah, I do remember that. That is so dumb. Why would you share a blanket while you're- That's saying? what I said, because that <laughs> was like, we have two blankets. Wait a minute. What? I'm sure most people share a blanket. But, yeah, but, uh, but obviously, if that's the most fighted topic about what most people fighted. are doing, whatever, you know, I, I'm not going to put the English. No, because we had a friend who went through the effort of getting a sewing machine and getting a blanket. He called it a burrito, and he would separate it out. He took two blankets and sewed them together, and then it was this bizarre thing. I was like, why don't you just have two separate blankets? Right. hope that'll change and save some marriages. Two blankets. Yeah, two blankets, <laughs> two blankets, have your own room and find out what works for you. I'm serious. I feel like, oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Adam, and it led to this conversation because it's amazing how that, I mean, that's not saying I'm doing drugs or cheating, but this idea of saying that we sleep in different rooms, you think people are going to shame you or think that you're, and you're like, we're actually getting along better than ever. Like, yeah. right. and go ahead and do it. And we're sleeping. So we're in yeah. a bad mood about, you know, after a good night's sleep. Uh, now, for the two of you, I'm just curious. One of the questions I had, and I have a few also about just your own marriage, but I'm curious in your podcast, what was one of the discoveries, just like we just shared something and everyone's like, me too, me too, me too. Oh my God, I agree, I agree. Um, what were a couple of the things that you shared and then you realized people were like, thank God you shared that because I feel the exact same way or that's also totally going on for us, but no one's talking about it. But uh, I think a big one also is that she's the mess and I'm the clean one. Right. 
you know, I'm clean. Like during this quarantine, you asked about how it's going during the quarantine. You know, I'm doing the cooking. I'm doing the cleaning. She's, you know, making sure that the kids, you know, homework is done. We're both there to help with the kids, you know, for all that stuff. And a lot of people, when we talked about this, where it was just saying, I am the clean one. She's the messy one. And people were like, oh my God, me too. And I never talk about it. Yeah, because you always assume it's the woman who is the one doing all the, you know. True. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff that is just, I mean, we've, you know, we've revealed certain like um, sexual stuff that people are sort of like, thank you for talking about that because, you know, I've never spoken about that with anybody or um, we deal with that. There's a lot of that. You know, there's just a lot of the stuff that we talk about with the lies from the past and how we dealt with dishonesty um, because nobody wants to admit that there's been lying in their marriage because just nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to say that there was dishonesty. Um, So trust has been a big thing and talking about that. It's, you know, that you can go through these things and not leave your spouse and, you know, everyone thinks, oh my God, you stayed? How weak are you? You know, I can't believe you stayed. And we have sort of been like, yeah, we've gone through hell, but we are continuing to work on it. And for us, it's worth it. Um, So I think a lot of that, a lot of, you know, people feeling pressure from like, if I tell my friends that my husband did this, then they're going to want me to leave him. Um, That's the natural reaction. And that we didn't leave, that we didn't give up. Besides things that we've been through, we've had a lot of guests on who have been through things that we have not. And we just kind of want to bring it out there to everybody else, just because we haven't been through it. We want people to know that it exists just because, you know, we haven't gone through it and they, they made it. They're okay. Whether it was infidelity or cheating or things, you know, other, other situations that we haven't experienced that we want to let people know there's a way to get past those things. If you think think it's possible for your relationship. Yeah, not all. If you're looking for help, if you're looking, you know, if you want to hear another story. So people say, thank you so much for having that guest because we went through this. I didn't know if we can get past it. Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, it's so refreshing. And it's because like how much of your life, it's such an exhausting exercise where you go to a dinner party or you're hanging out with someone and you have to pretend. How many times have you seen a couple or you've experienced this yourself? Or like you're about to go in the party, you're like, okay, act fine. Everything's fine. Like you're just fighting the whole way there. You know, wouldn't it be better to just like come in and be like, oh, we just had a fight about this. And then another couple can be like, we fought about that too. You know, I, one of my best friends, we had a dinner here with like 10 couples. It was like a Shabbat dinner. And so we often have a bunch of people. It's one thing I miss about quarantine for sure. And a bunch of people came over and she did that. She came in, hi, how are you here? So, oh, you never met them? Oh, hi. And they sat down. And then she said, oh, I'm so stressed still because we fought the whole way here. And what happened is the whole meal was the best meal ever because every other couple was like, that's so true. We laughed. We were, it was so great. It's like this whole idea, like when you just said staying together, you know, and revealing things that happened, you know, even though Lola and I haven't gone through infidelity or anything like that necessarily, how many times have I thought we're not going to make it? I can't count. How many times have I said like, that's it, I'm done. And you're this and I'm like that. And by the way, well, you don't do that, but I do that. That's like a definite thing that I do. But I mean, can you count how many times I've said that? Or like we've had like a horrible moment? Uh, Yeah, I thought that's just your day to day. And then if things are good, you'll let me know. (laughs) (laughs) No, thankfully right now it's been like, 
but I'll be impressed with myself. Like if I can go like 12 weeks feeling like life is like that for me is like amazing. I mean, this is what I, I, I do think is happening too often is that you're in the middle of your life with your kids as a parent in your marriage and something's going sideways and you think this is really awful. I am the only one. We are the only people who go through this. We need to end this. This yeah. must be awful. As opposed to everyone on the block is having this issue right now. Everybody is struggling. And no, I mean, we're also doing well. Like it's like, it doesn't mean it's a disaster. I mean, this is part of being a human being and living a human experience. And it's, it's not really, are these things happening? It's how are you dealing with it and how are you moving through it? Yeah. I think our friends, um, especially like, you know, because I think there are some people who say, how can you reveal what you've revealed and everything? And I personally, now that there's literally, I mean, God willing, no other secrets are going to come out in our marriage. But Adam, now that- today's the day you should tell her. You know that thing we talked about? <laughs> no, can we wait till court is over? Then you can tell me. Well, I keep, sa- <laughs> I keep saying to her, I need to, I need to screw up again. So we have something to talk about. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of, I, I, for me at least, I love that everybody now knows like in our town and my friends and everything that they know every single thing that's gone with us because I feel like when they're with us, there's this comfortability, is that even a word, Um, that comes with knowing that you're with somebody who will admit that they're flawed. And I think it's a lot easier to be around someone like that. And, and they appreciate that about us now. And on the, on the flip side, I have, we have so found who our true friends and family are through this because, you know, there are a lot of friends that I have that could have been like, Oh my God, I'm humiliated going out with you with what you've revealed because there's stuff on there that you know most people don't ever talk about. So, you know, my family members or our family members or our friends, the ones who have been so supportive of us through this, there's a whole different level of gratitude I have for them now Um, and a whole different closeness because they are 100% accepting us for who we are because we have truly revealed who we are. So if we could all do that and get down to the core of, I'm going to tell you everything about me, like for real. And if you are still with me, then our relationship is going to be that much stronger. Totally. I want to I say something and Lowell give you some credit for this, but I was talking to a friend who's single and she was telling me she's like dating a little bit in quarantine, like, you know, having phone chats or sometimes Zoom chats or whatever. And so she's telling me yesterday about two of these guys that she just had a Zoom chat with. And she's telling me about them in this way. Politically, they're like this. Uh, religiously, they're like this. This is what he does for a living. Like these are the categories of things that she's talking to me about. And this is what we do when we're dating is we're like, well, this person has this and we're trying to assess like if this person's a good mate. But what you just said, Danielle, what we're talking about, that is very much like not the center of your marriage. Like the center of your marriage is the nuances of when stuff comes up, like, is this person there with you in it? Or is this person able to like buy in, like buy the farm, like see your garbage and be like, I'm here for it. Like, I know that we're going to have to 
be here with that. And, and same thing with you. Are you able to do that with them? And, and is there a goodness to the person that you admire? Is this person willing to work on themselves or, or to have humility about, you know, where you're sort of headed? Because like in the middle of quarantine, right, where it's so right up there, like you're under a microscope, our marriage is not about politics, religion, and what we do for a living. Our, and it never is. It's never that. It's, it's yeah. always a, and so Lowell, one of the things that he has done so well, I said, when, when we met, it's not like he did this, you know, in like logically, methodically, but he figured out who I was. He figured out where I get triggered, what all my stuff is. He just saw it. And, and he was willing to love me unconditionally and, and take it, take it all. And so sometimes he'll, you know, even as a joke, when I'm in the middle of feeling horrible and I say something I don't want to say or whatever, he's like, that's okay. I signed up for the whole thing. Like I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Like I, I bought, bought the whole deal. You know, I bought the store. Like it's fine. Or he'll come up to me. Sometimes he's, he's literally like, like a master, like concert, concert master. Sometimes like you do this thing. I don't know how you do it. You like need a cape, but I will be so upset. I'll be in the kitchen. I'll be like, Blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just, whatever. I mean, it could be a million things. And instead of responding to it once in a while, he probably does this like twice a month. He'll walk over and he'll say, you're safe, Kath. Like, can Aww. I give you a hug? Like, I'm not going anywhere. You're not alone. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you with all the feelings you have right now. And he goes, just give me a hug right now. Like, I want to give you a hug. And I'm like, how is he doing that? Like, he, and then that completely, completely, I like want to cry sometimes because, well, tell me what that is. Like, how do you do that? How do you honestly do that? Because I think that that for me, that's probably the number one thing that has saved my life in our marriage, you know, and really probably in my life in general. But how do you do uh, that? Well, I, it goes back to a story. Uh, we were at a shopping mall together where they have two escalators to get to the bottom parking. And I went down one escalator, and then it turned out somebody had jumped in right behind me, so it was separating me and Kathy. So then when I got to the next level, I was like, oh, I don't even know where my car is, where our car is. So I'm going to go take the next elevator down. I'm going to go ahead of Kathy. I'm going to quickly look at both sides, figure out where our car is. So I do that, and then when I come back to find Kathy to let her know which way to go, she's in tears. And I'm like, what just happened here? Like, this makes no sense that she's crying. Uh, and then it turned out it was kind of like a childhood trigger memory, whatever the terminology is, that she felt like I, I was leaving her. Like, I didn't see her. I abandoned her, this kind of thing. And in my head, it was like, you know, on one level, it's like, well, that's crazy. You know, I was just literally looking for a car. And on the other level, it's like, you know, that's where she was emotionally for you know even though it's so long ago so I try to you know sometimes when you're fighting and you're screaming and, and yelling at me it happens um sometimes I think this doesn't make sense like this isn't based on what I just did you know so it's kind of like that same thing of like oh it's Kathy Kathy's on the escalator again and it's like okay you know I'm not going to argue the merits of what just happened because I don't even know what just happened and it's just more of a hey I love you and I'm here and, you know, there's no need to, to fight. And sometimes it works. Uh, I guess twice a month it works. Uh, and other times it does not. Uh, but that's kind of what. Everybody loves you right now and wants to marry you. Um, 
The thing is that that day on the escalator, I didn't know that was about my childhood. Like when you're talking about that, you're talking about it from the context of like, we've been in therapy for all that. We know now more about, I, all I was thinking was, you know, probably the whole time in our marriage, I'm always thinking, is he kind of checked out? Does he really love me? Does he really get me? So I'm always looking for evidence that you're sort of like, not there for me. And so it's very easy for me to be like, he's so rude. Why is he on his phone? He's not listening. He's not there. Like that kind of, cause that's old stuff for me. And that day on the escalator, all I remember was like thinking you went down the first one alone and then you went down the next one. I didn't know where you were. And I was like, what a jerk. He's so <laughs> self-involved. Like where, and then I was, we were so newly married and I was like, I'm in the wrong marriage. Like he's, I was actually, I was like asking him something and then he left and and for him, he was just like trying to be like, he wasn't even thinking about any of that stuff. And I was so upset. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but um, you know, for anybody who's listening, I think that so often, if you would just stop in the moment when you're really upset and think about what's the story you're telling yourself, you're telling yourself like, you see, I'm in the wrong marriage, or you see this shows, this proves you don't appreciate me or this, we are always looking for that evidence. And the more you can understand the story and if your partner is willing, the more the, your partner can get out of the dance by not tangoing with you anymore and just being like, whatever that is, I love you, I'm here, whatever. You don't have to like duke it out. And so, yeah, Lowell, you do that really well. Which yeah, is- I think with Adam too, I have terrible like oh, debilitating OCD where you just, just gonna say gonna that. Yeah. Like debilitating OCD to the oh point- Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That must drive you nuts. It does yeah. drive me nuts. Yeah. I meant her, but both of you. <laughs> um, in the beginning, when I was pregnant with our first child, I went, I went into a tailspin. I went off my medication um, because the doctor told me I had to. And, you know, I was young. And um, I actually had to move out of our house and move in with my parents because Adam just didn't know how to take care of me. And I, I mean, I was almost institutionalized. So it was really, really bad. And through all of that, Adam, even though at the time he was, we were so young and he didn't know how to care for me and stuff. I do remember him always saying to me, and even now, you know, when, with quarantine, when this all started, his first thought was, oh my God, her OCD is going to, this is going to, you know, flare her OCD and it's going to get bad. And he was constantly just letting me know that he was there. And he was, you know, people will say to me sometimes, why did you forgive him? Why did you? And the, and the truth is, is that he has always fully accepted me for me. And so when he was going through his stuff, it was sort of like, well, I also want to do that for him. I mean, I know that there's a point where you can no longer do that, right? Like if it doesn't stop and if they're not trying to get better, it can't work. But, you know, it was mutual in the fact that when I have gone through those periods of OCD or when I'm doing something that to most people will seem, you know, for lack of a better word, crazy, um, that he is just like, this is her and this is her deal. And I love her, you know, despite it or even for it, you know, so that feeling of safety and him knowing that he's, he doesn't look at me any differently because of my mental illness. Um, yeah, but I think now more than ever, I know when it's OCD and when it's not. And I know when I'm supposed to be there to kind of like bring you down a little bit and yeah. bring you back yeah, a little he's bit. He's very good at bringing me down. Yeah. Bringing me back. I'm so glad that you, you know, shared that because it, it is so ridiculous for other people to comment. You should leave your marriage. Blah, 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 blah. Like 
that is such poison, right? Like, what do you know? Like you're standing on the outside looking in, you know, it's nobody's place. Mm -hmm. And what you just said is when no one's there and it's just the two of you, how does that person find you when you're lost and you can't find your way home? And Mm -hmm. And if that person's able to do that for you, there's something going on that's really meant to be like, that's like a soul connection. Right. And I feel like a hundred percent when Lowell and I were first dating, I was so, I just remember so often feeling this feeling of, Oh my God, this person actually is here and like loves me. And I don't know what to do with it. And I felt so much emotion coming up and he would just be, he used to say like, he used to take his hand and put it on my heart and be like, I wish I could just like take all that pain and go and like, like throw it out the window. He's like, I'm here for it. And he would do that. And I'm like, who would do that? Like who would care? Cause that's what happens. Like, it's just like joy. Joy is the most vulnerable emotion to feel. If you really surrender to joy, all your fear comes up. Oh my God. What if I lose this thing? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm really in a state of joy. When you're really loved unconditionally, you start to fall apart. It's kind of like, when somebody makes a space for you and is really just there to be like, I'm here, what I'm here for it. Like, how are you? And you, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I feel like I'm going to cry because there's actually someone there and now you can let go. Right. And then you have, then you start to heal through your stuff and you get stronger and better and all of that stuff. Um, I feel like that's what saved us. I mean, we know we love each other unconditionally. We both have our faults. And since the beginning, since, you know, since we first met and the connection and yeah. And there's just been this thing holding us together that we know that it's Adam and Danielle. That's, mm-hmm. it, that's like an entity. It's not just like I'm Adam and she's Danielle and we're together. It's a thing. And we both know that kind of yeah. from within. That's the, the most beautiful thing ever. I love that. Yeah, I think it's something you see with kids all the time. Like our, our, our daughter would do that. Like if the kid gets hurt, they come in, they're kind of like holding it together. And as soon as you say, you know, you kind of make that space for them of like, oh my gosh, what happened? Are you okay? That's when they start crying. So I think, Kat, to your point, that's kind of a, a simple way to kind of visualize that. Yeah. And I, I, I feel the way you feel, Adam, that like, it's the two of us, you know, like we're, we've been through so much and we just stay together. When you were talking about, when you said for someone to review your marriage, I was going to say like for anybody, you know, one thing, you know, obviously, especially being such a vulnerable podcast and everything, when you do something and you put something out there, obviously there's going to be negativity towards it, right? I mean, you know, to some degree, you're always going to have like Adam is always, whenever we get a negative review, he's always like, we've made it, you know, like, but I get super duper upset. Like I'm always like, oh my God, maybe we should quit. Super like, duper. Ma- super duper. Super duper. Uh, maybe we should quit or, you know, maybe it's, it's time to, you know, throw in the towel. And he's like, it was one review. But, but what I was going to say is, you know, one thing that it's taught me about people's negativity, when you do something creative and, and, you know, they judge you for it. Like when I'll, sometimes I'll read a review and I'll be like, wait a minute, they literally just reviewed our marriage, not the podcast, which says so much more about them. Yes. As about us, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sort of like, I, I'm trying now to take that negativity as sort of like when you read something negative, you put something out there. Yep somebody says something negative, sort of like, I don't know, I would never, if someone was trying to like vulnerably put themselves out there for the good of others, I would never like negatively review it. I would sort of be like, okay, this isn't for me. And I'd go and I'd find the next thing. Like there's so much content out there. Really? Like, 
I'm not hurting you. You know, so I just think for anybody out there doing something creative and they're worried about the negative blowback for it, that you, you do have to sort of say to yourself, like, wow, you know, it really takes a certain kind of person to negatively review. Well, I, your- I, I've said from the beginning, I, I was looking forward to our first hater because I feel like that's when you've made it. When you finally get a hater, you're big time. So when I was, setting up our, I was setting up our website, I took that review and put it at the top of our review page. And I wanted that to be shown like, listen, this is real life. This is, this is us. This happens too. We get these negative reviews too. Read it, you know? Well, did you want to say, say something? Daniel, I have the same reaction because Kathy, you know, gets tons of reviews on her book and her podcast and all thing. But that same exact reaction of like, you're putting out all this free content and yeah. people have no obligation to listen to it whatsoever. They should listen if they don't like it. There's infinitely many podcasts to go. So who are the people that are taking the time to, to go to like these, you know, I have the same exact reaction. I can't Very, even imagine doing that. You know, I can't even imagine yeah. somebody's hard work and just spitting all over it. Like when, when they're literally, you know, I can understand, listen, if someone puts out something hateful and you're like, you know, you, then you're like, okay, no, that's not okay. But when you're putting out content about your life, to try to help somebody else. Like it just yeah. nothing makes sense. So, but, but I also have had to always think to myself like, okay, you know, I need to take it with a grain of salt that this person, maybe it was too close to home when they listened to the podcast and they couldn't deal with it. Or, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. And it really is a huge part of when you, when you put something out creative, what's, what's your biggest worry that people aren't going to like people it. Won't like it yeah. That's your biggest worry. That's the reason why you stall because you're worried that you're going to put it out there and, and people are going to, you know, not love it. But, you know, you sort of realize also that people are out there waiting for it. There are people out there who are going to embrace it. Yeah. Well, look what happened with you guys. I also just wanted to say in the beginning of this, you were saying like, it says more about their marriage when people are judging you or writing something negative. And I'm of course not going to name any names, but I have to say there have been so many times where people are so like perfect and everything's perfect and what they post about their marriage is perfect. And then literally they're like getting divorced. And I'm like, wait, what? You're the one who always has the most epic vacation, the this, the that, whatever, you know? And I would just say like, if anyone listening, like if you know someone who is hard to be around because it makes you feel bad because they're always like, oh yeah, you know, me and John, we're just the, you know what I mean? It's like, just, just wait for it because that's insane. And what is that? Like, why would you want to put that like picture on? I don't know. I mean, unless you just know a person who's like, oh yeah, we just, that's how it is for us every day. Wake up, go to sleep for 20 years. We get along. Everything's great. Like, I'm not sure that exists. I don't even know if you'd want that. I don't even know what that means. Like what's going on? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I I just would be really curious about that. Yeah, social media has made it so much harder to not put yourself up against these other, you know, images of perfection. That's sort of why I think our our Instagram does so well, especially, you know, because when you go on Instagram, what's most of what you see, the most curated, perfect, um, you know, and I've personally unfollowed so many accounts because I was sort of like, why do they want to show me that so that I can feel worse about myself? That is weird. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. Speaking of being unedited, um, I asked you before if you wanted to come up with a couple questions for us. Do you have a question that you want to ask us? 
I had a few questions about um, biggest pet peeve you both have for the for the other one is during quarantine, especially oh, during quarantine. Well, I've been getting annoyed because Lowell does not want us to have our cleaning help in the house. So very kindly, he's been doing dishes and laundry, but then we have three children and a 4,500 square foot house and it's a train wreck. And so I'm like, I have to call her. He's like, you can pay her, but she can't come because it's a freaking quarantine. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, then I can't handle this paint on the floor and this gum stuck to the wall. And he's like, okay, stop it. Calm down or fine calf, invite everyone over. Just get the antibody over. Just get sick. And this, and we fight about this like every two days. He's like, I'm already doing the dishes and you're not, you're not. And I'm like, cause I'm also working and I'm also cooking and I'm also, and I can't, I'm already raising my hand saying I need a cleaning person. So um, we're trying to, you know, add to that. And we have differences of, of opinion about having a extra cleaning help, but I, I get it. It's a quarantine. We can't have cleaning help. Okay. Lowell, what about you during quarantine? Um, I'm the flip side of that, which is, you know, she, if she's podcasting or recording, you know, she says, just keep the kids quiet. And then sometimes I have to shush the kids and, you know, it's like herding cats, you know, to keep them away. Uh, and then she's like, you can't shush them and talk like that, you know? So it's this whole thing of like, the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm under these strict orders from her. Otherwise I wouldn't be, you know, so I'm getting stressed out from her and that's why I'm getting stressed out. Yeah. Well, you do like a uh, shush yell. You're a loud shusher. It's like, shh. It's like, no, it's, you, like a, it's like a hostility. To be fair though, if I, if I hurt myself, if I like, I hit my elbow on a door and I go, ow, Kathy said, don't yell. You know, like she's like, she considers that yelling at her. If I oh, but, her I but say, on the, one more thing I'll say about pan- that what relates to this and also pet peeve Danielle during quarantine is that my kids have pages of work to do, right? And my daughter, my older daughter, she's eight. She's in second grade. She just turned eight. She goes to a, like a progressive school, which is like project-based. And then you take that away from her because they're on Zoom and give her eight pages of work to do. Like that's not her MO. And Lowell's like, she can't play her switch unless she finishes this and she won't listen to me and she's fighting with me. If I sit to do the math, I'm like, then don't talk to her about it because it's adding pressure to my life. Now she's crying. I'm just trying to work. And it's like, no, she's not completing the work because it's, it's, it's amazing how much work she's getting right now during quarantine. Like, do, does anyone listening relate to this? I don't know how to homeschool. I don't know what I'm doing. I could barely survive. I of not do it. <laughs> so then right so Lowell's like but you're cheating or giving her a bad example how you're giving her a Nintendo switch I'm like I can't take on I said let her I survival said, mode it, this is yeah this is, we are we, everyone needs to do what they need to do to survive I I truly 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 believe that yeah. and if you screen time all day Hallelujah. Encouraging screen time yeah. very much. We're like, so you I basically had enough Xbox today. <laughs> and this is, a, this is important too, because people need to hear this during quarantine. It's like, give yourself a pass. No one knows how to do this. Uh, no one sure. knows how to work, homeschool your kids, cook, clean, not have any outside help, not have any of your own even mental health releases where you take that hike or you see your friends. Like no one knows how to do this. So I said to Gabby, she's eight. I said, just get on live with when your class goes live. Just do that every day for those like two 30 minute sessions. And if you could do one page of work, great. Yeah. But like these eight pages they're giving you, it's causing me literally like chest pains. And then for a while I was judging myself. And also I can't do quality playtime with them nine hours a day. And I felt bad about nine it. Na- so nine minutes is too much. <laughs> nine, nine hours. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally- so hard. 
No, 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 no. So I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to give myself a pass to do like one quality activity with them a day, you know, like, and that's it. So like if we bake bre- banana bread together for, for 45 minutes and the rest of the day, they're watching whatever and I'm fine. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to go through this thing. So we, we just had it out last night and I was like, well, you're causing me problems. Like stop fighting with her, putting pressure on her. She's going to start to like bite her sweater. Like she used to do in the old school she was in, like, she's going to get, she's a stressed kid. You know, I don't want her to be stressed again. So look at me, I'm getting all stressed. So he had to sort of let that go, but, um, that's hard. We don't, (laughs) Uh, I played pickball with all three kids yesterday for like 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. And I say, all right, my job is done. I'm a good dad. I right. did my thing. Right. I think it's great. <laughs> Everybody go it. do your own thing now for the yeah. rest of the day. Right. Yeah. I think that's quali- quality, little time. Danielle, what's your second question? Um, I was going to ask what you think for the other one. What do you think the first thing the other person will do when quarantine is over? What is going to be the first thing? that each of you does. Lowell, what do you think Kathy's going to do first? Oh. And Kathy, what do you think Lola's going to do first when it's done? Lola, you go first. Uh, my guess is Kathy will host a dinner. Aww. I think that's her, that's her lifeblood. Yeah, I love having people over. And with you, well, you're very sedentary person. <laughs> your, your carbon footprint is very low, honey. You're very good for the environment. You don't, you go from like one chair to like the bathroom once a day. That's about it. It, it might not be discernible for me when it's over. No, when it's over. <laughs> you were made well, for quarantine. It yeah. really was. Uh, but wait, well, one of the things that we were doing for the last, you know, 12 years pretty consistently is we go to see comedy. Like that's something that we do all the time, buy tickets to a comedy show and living in LA, there's a ton of it. I don't know how quickly that's coming back though. Um, we do outdoor shows. But, uh, you know, if, if you could do that first thing, you would buy tickets and, and go do that, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's awesome. Um, what about, I was going to ask you guys, what's one thing, Adam, that you know about Danielle that no one really knows? And, and Danielle, what's, I know, well, for, for people who don't listen to the podcast, they might not know, because on the show you've shared, shared so much, but what's one thing that you know about her? And vice versa, Danielle, what's one thing you know about him that maybe his friends or the world doesn't really know, but you know? I would say for Adam, I think one thing that people don't know, maybe because they don't see what's actually going on in our house, is how affectionate he is with our kids. Don't call me affectionate in so, public. You know, so I, think <laughs> I think that's something that people would be surprised to see is like how much he snuggles with them and, you know, is... Yeah. So. Is there anything you think that about you? Like, I don't know. Like, what does nobody know about you? No, nothing. Yeah. I literally, I, I, an oversharer. That was yeah. sure. I definitely tell way too much, more than people want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I'm sure it. there are times people listen to our podcast. They're like, I did not want to know that. I did not want that picture in my head. Now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. <laughs> that's such a beautiful. It's it's such a beautiful quality, and you do it in such an awesome way. And you guys, her Instagram is so funny like i mean the things that you say and how you flip things around it, it's just so, it's so worth following danielle and adam's instagram well, we're doing the opposite with our instagram every week i've been putting up pictures about how terribly it's going for us so like uh, just literally like oh, i love you i love you turn your head ed turn your head huh. oh here so, oh, yeah. so uh, here by was- the way start quarantine i had a full head of hair, like a big, thick, long hair. Yeah. And I, I had it. I couldn't get a haircut. I was done. So I took a buzzer and shaved my head by myself. Um, oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, no, it's so bad. It's just so bad. So, yeah. Okay, no one can. No one's here for it. No one can tell. But there's been a lot of you know. Uh, my kids are eating. My kids are eating funyuns and drinking Coke for breakfast. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. We had Instacart come yesterday, and in it was like an epic delivery of like sour cream and onion chips, donut. Yeah. Lowell, Lowell's like, "What is this? What are you?" What my kids are like, "Let's do it." Like he's like, "I have to spray down the donut box." I, he, he's like totally into that stuff, and then. I literally come downstairs four minutes later and nine donuts are gone. I'm like, where, where are the donuts? Like, how do you guys eat nine donuts and four? He's like, that's why you shouldn't buy this junk. Through this has, she put a coated padlock on her pantry because it was getting so out of control and she couldn't buy food fast enough. That's crazy. People send in questions, but if anybody who's here, if you guys have a question, maybe we can answer some questions. And I mean, just for fun, type in the chat if you have any questions about Marriage, life. Because Adam and I have a constant uh, debate, and I'm interested to hear everybody, if you want to just like put a yes or a no in, in the comments. Um, we have an ongoing debate about toiletries and sharing toiletries. Is it disgusting or is it fine? Oh, no, it's not a debate. We've decided you don't do that. No. <laughs> Adam is disgusted by sharing the thought of sharing toiletries. He freaks out if I use his razor. If I use his toothbrush, he would divorce me. Uh, and I'm sort of like, really? Like, yeah. the things well, do you guys, and do that's you what you're worried about. Like, but he is, I mean, he would legitimately divorce me if he ever found out I used his toothbrush. So I'm just wondering if other people feel the same way about their, them and their partner and toiletries. See, do you prefer to share them or do you share if on a neat basis? Because we, we talked about this last week. I always try to give Kathy separate toothpaste so we don't have to get into the sharing. We have, we, have, we have what we call guest toothbrushes. We always have toothbrushes on hand so that there is no need to share. But in a pinch, if we were traveling for some reason, I think we would, we would do that. But I think that's uh, generally frowned upon. You would share <laughs> if you were traveling yeah if that's all we had sure but i think as a, a general principle we would uh, advocate for separate about, yeah. i think i'm probably worse than the norm anyway yeah. <laughs> forget about a toothbrush that's never gonna happen <laughs> she squeezes from the top of the tube yeah. and that's not okay with me it has to, it should be <laughs> the bottom of the tube so you never have to you know squeeze it up yeah. He's super high maintenance. <laughs> if you look in our bathroom, like, see, the thing is, is that his stuff is all so nice and organized, and it's like he always has extra of everything. And mine is just disgusting, and I'm always running out of everything. And so, you know, I want to be super organized, so I like to go over to his side and, you know, use his stuff, but it has caused major problems in our, in our relationship. <laughs> um, somebody asked in the chat, does either couple have a go-to older married couple you talk to that provides safe harbor when you need to talk to someone who's been there? Um, we do have one couple like that. And what's awesome about them is, let's see, they're like probably 10, 12 years older than us. So yeah. And uh, they're really honest about their, like, they're like, oh, we got on each other's nerves or whatever. But they're like a really, really great couple. And we do talk to them once in a while about stuff, which is really, really nice. What about you guys? Do you have that? 
Well, I think that we have um, a lot of our, our good friends and, you know, siblings and stuff. I feel like we can talk to their and be really honest with. I don't know if we have a couple that we, I mean, I guess we have a couple that my, I mean, my sister and her husband, I think we both sort of look to for guidance and stuff. But I think that going out with our friends, you know, just being able to like be crazy and be honest. And um, I think it's, about, been... it's, it's more about being relatable than looking for advice or yeah. anything like that. It's like, it's more like, Hey, this is us. This is what's going on. We want to hear the same from them. So we know it's all that it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's exactly the whole point, you know, and, and, <laughs> but that's it. I think that that's sort of, you know, where we started this, this conversation today. And as we're wrapping up in these next few minutes, I mean, I think that that's, that's it. It's like, if and when you find out that you're not alone, you're actually fine. You're like, oh, is this just part of it? Is this just what it is? No one really prepares you. You know, no one's talking about that at your bridal shower. No one's talking about it at your baby shower. I remember when we had our first daughter, we came home and I felt like we had been hit by a train. I was like, I felt postpartum. I was emotional. I was so anxious. I was so anxious to the point that I thought you would physically see it on an x-ray. That's how much anxiety was pumping through my body. I was so overwhelmed. And, and then after every kid for like 10 months, I like hate lol. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. And Oh my God. And forget having sex and forget even having any time together. And you have this newborn and no, yeah, one- I don't think postpartum goes 10 months. I think that's just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the point is that, yeah, when you find out you're not alone, you go, okay, you know, maybe this is and I, I think that this is the problem is people are walking around ready to leave their marriages as if there's a marriage out there that you could go to instead where it's fine and none of this ever happens and they never argue. And Lowell, you say, you, you say that once in a while. You're like, there's probably people like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, there's not. Yeah, I think there are. I mean, don't shame them for getting along. No, it's like that book attached to Is that what it's called? Attached? Yeah. Uh, you know, the idea that there's securely attached people out there and they find another securely attached person and they, you go to Chili's and they have a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think even they would argue about things that, you know, you know, they might, it might not be the same level, but I just think that it is what it is in relationships. I just do, you know. Are there other questions here? What has been the best, hardest for your kids so far in quarantine? The hardest thing for our kids in quarantine? Um, not you know, seeing their friends. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think, yeah, of course, yeah, not seeing their friends. You know, I, I feel sort of like with our youngest, I feel really bad for the, I mean, I feel the worst for the seniors in high school. My daughter's a freshman in high school, so I don't, you know, it's not as bad for her. But the seniors, obviously, who are missing out on so much. My nephew was supposed to be graduating uh, high school. He's worked so hard. But for our youngest who's in third grade, like, I feel like those years in school are so special. Um, there's just something about elementary school where, you know, those are like, it's just to, to, to just have to do work in elementary school and not be able to like be at school and have recess and be and like do little group projects together. Right the art and music and like just have to do dittos all day and his teacher's doing a phenomenal job I mean she's she's trying so hard to make it as good for them as possible but they're not at school so you know I I just it it breaks my heart that they're missing out on this time um especially him I mean my son's in middle school and it's sort of like middle school sucks so yes it does 
any years in life, middle school years is the perfect time to be quarantined. Yep. But as far as my little guy goes, it, you know, rips my heart out to see that he's missing out on this time with, you know, to be able to like be at little elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's been nice that we've been doing with the kids now is like watching classic movies from when we were growing up. So we just watched Back to the Future and oh my God, is that a good movie? I haven't sat and watched that since- Favorite movie in the world. He's seen it 17,000 times. It's so good, Adam. I was crying. I cried three times. Like just that first scene where he's like, it's 825, I'm late. And then he's like, don't take money. And then you think to yourself, Michael J. Fox in 1985 to be on that little skateboard in on that lot universal with that song, Huey Lewis, like that was it. Like there was no better any moment in history than that. So that's been cool. I feel like we've had some wins as a family. We've never had like watching movies together, like, but really sort of intentionally doing that taking beautiful long walks together. Although now Lowell is even freaked out about us taking walks outside because he's so worried about the virus, but we've taken a ton of those walks and scootering and barbecuing. Lowell's been grilling a ton. There's been more stuff going on. I would say that's been really good for us as a family. Like some stuff I don't want to return to, you know, maybe we we can end with that. Like what's something you don't want to go back to that you were, that life was like before quarantine that you're hoping whatever it is now will stay with you. Unfortunately, it's not possible, but I've got to spend more time with my children and my wife than I ever had. Like in the last three months, if you count the hours, it's been more time that I've spent with them in the last 10 years. And I won't be able to do that when things go back to normal. And I'm going to miss that. I'm really enjoying it. I think this is something that one day the kids are going to look back on and say, wow, that was an amazing experience as horrible as it was and as terrible as it is for so many families and people i think our situation and our scenario luckily thank god nobody's been sick and nothing bad has happened but our kids will be able to look back and say i got to spend time with my my dad i got to spend time with my mom all day we got to do things that we never would have been able to do otherwise so i think it's a really unique experience for the kids that one day they're going to appreciate and look back on yeah i agree Lowell, you, would you have something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think exactly, you know, exactly what Adam said is, you know, it's a, it's a unique time. You know, there's all these things that, you know, people look back at, do you remember you know, the blackout in New York? You know, do you remember, you know, this is definitely going to be something that everybody's going to remember. And, and I think exactly what Adam said, like, the amount of time, the amount of meals, you know, we never have breakfast with our kids during the school year. You know, it's like, here, make some toast, give them the toast and pack some snacks and here you go. We never have lunch with the kids during the week. So it's kind of like, it's, yeah, it's like a fun family camp in a way, because it's like, we're here all day. This is, you know, all we got, you know, some, uh, you know, again, it's, you know, tragic what's going on in the big picture, but, you know, sort of on a microcosm, yeah, there are some, certainly some positive. Yeah. I feel like for our family, like really this snapshot Like I have not felt as much peace in terms of our family dynamic or our marriage dynamic because we have more time to focus on each other and to just have quality time. And also because one of my issues that I always work on in therapy is like, am I in the right place? So like now it's like, I'm in the right place. There's nothing to question. And then that surrender 
oh my God, I've been like so enjoying where I actually am. And I think I'm always sort of looking for like, should I be somewhere else? Should we be different? Should this be different? And like just the surrender. Sometimes when you accept things really and fully and you're totally there, there's a peace. It was so awesome to have this conversation with you guys. But I was going to say that uh, Lowell and I, one thing I, I just wanted to articulate was so funny. We went to see Jerry Seinfeld do stand up a year ago, I think for your birthday, Lowell. I'm a good wife. I got you tickets to that. And um, I'll tell you why everybody was laughing for the first 25 minutes of the set is because of what we just did today. The best thing that he did is he came out and he did the first 20 minutes about his marriage and his family. And all he did was say things that are true and everyone was doubled over, right? Because you can laugh about it and go, I'm not alone. So not only were people laughing, they were like, thank God, I feel so much closer to my spouse. Like right now we just argued about parking and whatever, but now we can, we can smile. One of the things that he said was, um, he said, we just came back from a vacation or what I like to call how to spend $10,000 to argue on a pristine beach, you know, like spend, spend $20,000 over three days to argue in a gorgeous hotel room. Like how could you possibly spend 50 grand in a weekend to argue riding bikes? Like this was, was so funny. And he also said, I bet everybody here, I bet you all that every one of you couples made a decision, which was how much is the ultimate amount of money that we could spend on a house and you went and did it. Congratulations. Like you literally looked and said like, what's the most we could possibly spend? And then you spent it. So the reason you're here is because you're, you're so anxious that you spent that much money and you needed a break and you need to laugh and ever, cause we live in LA and like, that's true. Like that's what you do here. And then he talked about, you know, his wife, how like, you know, he goes, this woman birthed three children, you know, two without an epidural, but if the air conditioning in the car is on her and it's directed on her too, too much, <laughs> she loses it. You know, he's like, this is what I'm dealing with. Right. So I think that that's what he does so well. That's what you guys do so well. Just people need to know you are normal. Everybody's in it. No one's doing this better than anybody else. As we're sort of signing off, I want people to listen to your podcast. It's so great. Such a refreshing, beautiful uh, piece of content. It's explicit. So if you are offended by bad language, do not if you're offended by anything, don't listen yeah, to our podcast. Yeah, if you are easily offended at <laughs> all. <laughs> um, is there anything that you guys want to say as we're wrapping up? I want to give you a minute if there's something you thought about that you wanted to share. Um, you know, I think that right now with quarantine and everything, I just, I feel like we need to sort of be patient with one another, <laughs> you know, especially like, like Adam has been so patient. I have been so useless. I have to be honest. Like I am... I can't motivate. I can't pull myself together sometimes. And if I have to go and lay down or whatever, he has not guilted me at all. Like he's sort of like, listen, you got, we both have to do what we have to do to get through this. And, you know, likewise, I'm trying to give him time and not guilt him into things. And, you know, I just would say to people like what we were talking about before with parenting and everything right now, it is survival mode. There are no rules in quarantine. You do what you've got to do and no guilt about it. And you are, you know, this, this time isn't going to define ourselves, you know, as like whether or not we were successes or our parenting or this and that, like we literally just have to get through it. And we want to laugh and we want to try to have a good time and um, make the most of it. But 
if your kids are, you know, eating junk food all the time and you're watching too much TV and you, you aren't working on that project that you've been promising yourself you were going to do when you had enough time, it's okay. Right? Yep. And on the flip side of that, if you have this inkling to start a podcast, but not to do it perfectly, just to be scrappy, look what can happen. I mean, you guys have literally, people's marriages are okay because they have a place to go to know that they're normal and you've saved your own marriage. I mean, when I talked to you, Danielle, you were like, we were almost completely out. Like that was horrible. And also it's, it's turned into a side hustle that makes like real money. Yeah. We, we always said, we, we say this in almost every episode, we're not experts. We are not experts in anything. We're just talking personal experience. We didn't, we didn't know how to do a podcast. We didn't know how to do Instagram. We didn't know how to, it just all came with it. We, we, like you said, we started with a scrappy little podcast and you just kind of find your way. Don't, don't be deterred if you're going to try to do something like this. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful example of, you know, if you have the courage to start, you know, what can happen. And like you said, even with quote unquote haters, look how many people were waiting on the other side of you pressing publish. Thank God this podcast exists. Yes. Yes. I'm here for it. Here for it. You know, same thing with, with my show. And so I think people just don't always see the possibility. And what I love about what you're doing and hopefully people see that in what I'm doing is again, I didn't take this long road of I'm going to overthink it for a year first and I'm going to get the right equipment and I'm going to try this and this. No, it's like you just do the thing. You'd be surprised, especially now when the economy is the way it is. Even when things go back, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a virtual life, to be able to make money just through Zoom, just through recording on a microphone and you can. This is a real amazing opportunity that's here and so don't shame yourself. Who am I to do it? It's like, who are you not to do it? Maybe you just being your messy self, other people will think that's incredible. That's what's so awesome. Um, so thank you guys for coming on. Lowell, do you have something you want to say? I want to give you a chance to wrap up if, if you want to say something. Uh, no, I just want to say thank you uh, to Em and Danielle. This was a lot of fun. No, I think you guys summarized it better than I, than I did. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Just know that you're normal. You're doing amazing. Give yourself a big pass. Be kind to yourself and have an amazing week, everybody. Well, that was really fun to hang out with them. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I hope it makes you feel like you're not alone and you're not crazy. And, you know, there's lots of people out there having very real good relationships that also have their own ups and downs. And, and maybe that's all part of the journey. We have plans to do more of these episodes, maybe bring on marriage therapists, maybe talk about our fertility journey, maybe bring on more couples, but we're definitely still doing our usual Monday and Thursday episodes, which are dedicated to how to build your purpose-driven business as always. Um, so definitely check out tomorrow's episode because you are not going to want to miss it. Also, every single month we are giving away uh, two scholarships to my programs, plus some adorable don't keep your day job swag. You can choose between a hoodie, a mug, set one says heart of a hero, one says let your color shine, so cute, and a full scholarship to one of my programs. So we're doing two of those giveaways a month. And the way that you get in on those is to do the star giveaway and star stands for subscribe, tag and review. So basically you subscribe to the podcast, which is free. You go onto your Instagram and you post 
post about the podcast and you tag a friend and say, check out this show. Um, and of course, that's also free to do that. And then you leave us a review and you send us a screenshot of the review with the subject line star. And you send us this screenshot to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And we'll choose two of you every month and give you an adorable swag gift, whether you want the hoodie or the mug, you'll be able to choose. We'll show you what it looks like. And then we'll also give you a scholarship to one of my programs. So just for supporting us and you have no idea what a difference it makes. So if you haven't already subscribed, if you haven't already told a friend, and if you haven't already left a review, then please go ahead and do it because it really makes an impact for us. And it takes a few minutes, it's free, and it might just give you, and it might give you an awesome reward. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm super clear that especially during quarantine with all the craziness and kids at home, you have a million things that you could be doing. So thanks for being here with us today. I'll leave you guys with a song and I'll talk to you tomorrow for an awesome Don't Keep Your Day Job regular episode. Sunday nights I would go for a drive and the hills were lit up with their twinkling lights. There was a place at a table Someone was waiting for everyone but me.